HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Brooklyn Ball Factory, a Japanese eatery and coffee shop in East Williamsburg, with a new location opening in Hell's Kitchen. Learn more at bkballfactory.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Japan Eats. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, a food writer and director of the New York Japanese Culinary Academy, which promotes a deeper understanding of Japanese cuisine in America. We are broadcasting live from a studio at Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. This show is all about Japanese food and food culture. We see sushi at every deli and supermarket, but what is beyond sushi? We hear dashi ramen and izakaya, but what exactly are they? Japanese food is still a mystery for many people, and I try to demystify it in this program with my cool guests. And my guest today is Tetsuya Nikusakagami, who is the president of Gallant, Inc., which is a sustainable tuna importer based in, New- in the U.S. And Nick has been working closely with Kindai University, which is a pioneer of sustainably found bluefin tuna called Kindai tuna. So today we'll discuss why farming tuna is so difficult, what Kindai tuna is, the issues of overfishing tuna and other species, and much, much more. But quickly, before we start, Japan Eats is available on Heritage, Network, Heritage Radio Network uh, website, as well as on iTunes and Stitcher as podcasts. Please go to iTunes and or Stitcher and uh, subscribe to Japan Eats. Also, if you have any ideas about topics of the show or show guests, please let us know. You can email us at japaneats at heritageradionetwork.org. Now, let's start our conversation with Tetsuya Nick Sakagami. Hello, Nick. Welcome to Japan Eats. Hi. Uh, good afternoon. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Okay. So, um, we'll talk about Kindai Tuna in a moment. But first, uh, what is your background and how did you get involved in importing sustainable fish to the U.S.? Okay. Well, I have been importing fresh fish and fresh tuna from all, all over the world to the United States. And uh, that has been my bread and butter for uh, almost two decades. And uh, about uh, 10 years ago, I started wondering um, if I should 
do something to give back to uh, to the tuna population because I've been moving quite a bit of a tuna um, for my business. I just wanted to do something to give back to fish uh, tuna fish in the ocean. Mm, right. um, and also, um, I I was getting tired of hearing people saying that uh, Japanese. Uh, are eating too much tuna and uh, over over um, depleting the tuna from the ocean, and I that was not the case, and and I wanted to uh, speak out as well. Mm, okay, yeah. I'm curious though. First of all, where do you import tuna from right now? Um, from Tahiti, Marshall Islands. Um, I think that's the place where SpongeBob mm. um, is based on. Okay. Um, that's where, <laughs> after World War II, that's where the uh, nuclear bomb was uh, dropped, and then nearby a uh, fishing vessel um, got sunk, mm. and then so something underneath of the uh, uh, the ocean, something's going on. I mm. think that's how the uh, writer of SpongeBob came about. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, so other than that, uh, uh, Maldives, Tahiti, uh, Tahiti, I already said that, South America, uh, Hawaii. Um, the Philippines, mm. so pretty much all the uh, exotic resort islands. Right. I, I have I import fish mm. from. Right. so they are beautiful places. Yes, right. Okay, and uh, so you mentioned also that Japanese people, not only people, who's eating a lot of tuna. Yes. So do you have uh, any logic to to prove it's not the case? Well. Um, First of all, tuna, we're talking about tuna here, but uh, there are three, uh, four major species of tuna that have been consumed by people all over the world. Mm. And of course, first one, uh, the most, I'm sorry, most uh, popular one is skipjack, mm. uh, bonito, and uh, another one is albacore tuna. Mm. But, but those are the ones uh, that goes into tuna can. Right. The chicken of the sea, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, those are um, up, um, all over, and no need to worry about uh, overfishing or anyth- anything like that. And next one is yellowfin tuna, mm. and the yellowfin tuna is um, found all over the world, and uh, I don't think that you need to worry about that um, uh, depleting yellowfin tuna as well. Mm. The next one, uh, as uh, as we go up on the food supply chain. Mm. Big eye tuna, uh, like you said, the eyes are relatively bigger than other uh, tuna species, and um, and of course top of the food chain, uh, tuna chain, and also almost um, top of the food supply chain in the ocean is bluefin tuna. Mm. And as you go up on the uh, um, food supply chain, number of of fish is getting less and less, mm. and. Uh, well, uh, bluefin tuna is something that uh, um, we have been talking about it, mm. and, uh, and uh, the red list, mm-hmm. uh, United Nations uh, red list. There, there was a compass, uh, talk that uh, bluefin tuna will be mm. on the list, um, but uh, I think that uh, people started paying attention to it. Mm. Uh, chefs and consumers and the international um, obser- observing, controlling bodies. Mm. They have been um, working harder and and uh, reducing uh, less number of illegal fishing. Mm. Uh, so um, I think in Mediterranean, 
Um, there are some literatures out there uh, published recently that uh, population, bluefin tuna population in, in Mediterranean Sea is mm -hmm. coming back. Okay. Um, and also Atlantic bluefin tuna off the coastline of uh, New York, North Carolina, and Boston, that is also coming back. Mm, okay. Um, so this awareness that's really pushing uh, I think so. the population I think back. So. Well, I remember that uh, I think that the best um, place to catch bluefin tuna is called Oma in Aomori Prefecture in Japan. And I've been there. And then there is a, I was at the port and waiting for the fish coming back. Mm -hmm. And they got... Um, Quite a few um, bluefin, huge. Mm -hmm. So there's a one truck per fish, yeah. and then they are designated straight to Tsukiji market. market, and it's crazy. And the local people never get a chance yeah. to eat them. So that's like uh, some craziness, and yes. it's good that people started to be aware. That's yeah. ridiculous. It is. Right. Um, going back a little bit, but I buy from the big eye tuna, yellowfin tuna, mm. uh, from all over the world, not bluefin tuna. But uh, um, the, I, 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 mean, I started supporting uh, working with the Tahiti and tuna mm -hmm. uh, um, fishery because that's the only place um, that I, I am aware of that local people's consumption is placed higher than export business. Mm -hmm. So as a tuna, fresh tuna importer, it, it, it really hurts me sometimes because, well, well they should have, they have offloading, and they have, but they don't have enough tuna. Mm -hmm. So... Nick, I'm sorry, I have no fish to export for you, to you, mm. because we have to cover our local market. Right. And the Tahiti, you know, French, uh, French Polynesia, so a lot of people mm. are uh, inf influenced by French cuisine, mm. and they, they have many different ways to cook fresh tuna. And uh, I think that's a wonderful example of protecting uh, local tuna fishery, because they have to, otherwise local people will, will not have... Um, stable, stable uh, protein in the mm. future. Right. Yeah. Others yeah. are just just catching tuna and make make money, mm. and which is important. But uh, um, right. anyway. Yeah. So I uh, I found a statistics that's by uh, the Japanese government. And so in 1983, two million tons of tuna were caught globally, and then in 2013, uh, five million tons. So it's uh, 2.5 times um, mm. in uh, only 30 years. So that's that's a significant yeah. issue, right? So as one of the solutions, potentially, um, there's a kindai tuna. So what is kindai tuna? So kindai tuna is a uh, um, bluefin tuna, and uh, kindai tuna does not rely on wild bluefin tuna swimming in the ocean to produce. Um, kindai has spent. Uh, altogether, almost 40 years, um, coming up the uh, uh, technology to let um, parent uh, mature tuna to mate, mm. and then obtain eggs, lava, and then raise them to uh, mature fish, mm. and uh, obtain eggs and um, raise them to mature fish again. Mm. So they have been completing the cycle. Um, since 2002, after uh, 32 years to be exact, of, of uh, research. Mm. Um, and uh, to this date, to this date, uh, there's no other organization or international group that have achieved this uh, much of a um, completion of um, repeating, mm. repeat, repeating the uh, cycle. Right. Uh, in fact, other places may, um, have um, caught eggs 
but that's that's where it ends. Okay, yeah. right. And I heard originally uh, in 1970 that the the Kindai was entrusted by the Japanese government and to try to farm tuna. So it's amazing that this the whole the government is already aware there's yeah. a problem. Right. So uh, why is it so difficult to farm uh, bluefin tuna? Now, bluefin tuna is a scary cat, and it's a huge, and it's massive, and it uh, swims so fast, and and they swim straight. And uh, when you're fishing, uh, when you're farming bluefin tuna, let's say at night, a little um, truck comes by and headlights hit the uh, fish farm, then tuna freaks out and swim uh, 80, 50 miles per hour, mm-hmm. and then goes on the tuna's head stuck in the uh, farming's net, mm-hmm. can't get out. Right. Or uh, they um, swim so fast and get some kind of per- uh, hit the net, and then get per- uh, concussion, mm. and then lose lose the balance. Mm. Um, so you have too much energy and easy to panic. And, <laughs> right. and even uh, uh, when it's, it rains too much and the water's salt level changes, um, tuna, a bluefin tuna is very sensitive to that kind of change too. Mm. So, um, right. So, yeah, and I heard uh, um, that the, when they are born, in the first 10 days, mm-hmm. even 80, 90% of the babies can die because yeah. of all those things. And cannibalism, too. Okay. Hmm. So that's a very <laughs> intrinsic problem. So, yeah. so um, well, that's, but the, how they farm the tuna, the kindai, so successfully, what's the, the solution? Um, Kindai University's researchers, they baby them as if those tuna are their own kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, last o- uh, October, my wife and I were uh, fortunate to scuba dive in the farming pen. Wow. In Amamiyoshima. Mm, wow. Amamiyoshima uh, is a beautiful, you know, uh, really. Tropical island, yes. Right. And um, um, those uh, researchers, they almost have na- each one of them named <laughs> yeah. Wow. And uh, and when I, when we are uh, swimming, surrounded by three two hundred pound bluefin tuna, they after a while I started seeing recognizing the face. Huh. They have hit marks on the head. Really? Yeah. Some are V shaped, some are more U shaped. Huh. And then uh, sad thing, but some had a cut around the mouth. Mm. I guess that's it happened when they were little. So um, to to them. It's not a uh, fish farming fish. It's uh, raising their babies. Mm. So um, I think that the level of uh, dedication and in, in, um, for uh, many years mm. makes a difference. Okay, sounds like a wagyu beef getting no, massaged. No, sort of like. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with the Japanese people? <laughs> I don't know. My mother has twelve cats in the house now, so all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, too much, right? <laughs> Okay, so um, all right, so there uh, there are challenges, but then after spending forty years, they conquered yes. those. So, uh, how is the taste of kindai tuna? Is oh, it, great! Yes, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, different or better, or how do you describe? Um, it? Best of the both worlds, uh, uh, lingering, refreshing taste of wild bluefin tuna with a uh, uh, richness of ranched bluefin tuna. Oh, more fat. Yes. And uh, not just fat, uh, um, tasty um, 
fat. I think there's a d- difference between oily fish and greasy fish. Mm. And um, many of the uh, uh, ranched bluefin tuna in Mediterranean or Mex- uh, Mexico, um, they're greasy mm. fat. Right. Tuna. They are babies, caught as a baby, and then fattened in the pen, right? So there's a big difference between yes. kindai. Yes. Right. Uh, kin- um, yeah. So... Um, but the, I heard also the kinda is very sustainable. Yeah. So how sustainable? Um, uh, sustainable as in uh, uh, p- protecting wild population population level or uh, uh, sustainable in feeding or uh, food safety? Uh, mm. Which one are you uh, referring well, to? Well, the sustainable for the ecosystem, yes, of course, right? Because you're not depleting other. But uh, feed is mm. also sustainable. Right. Yes. Oh, um, um, I don't want to badmouth other uh, bluefin tuna ranching up, uh, operation, but uh, they're uh, doing it for uh, financial gain. So um, they want to um, fat them up mm. and ship them out in a, uh, a quick, as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, whereas Kindai is not really doing that for money. They're doing that for research, and they want to uh, contribute uh, um, to uh, reducing b- depletion of bluefin tuna in the wild ocean. So uh, they take time, mm. and they don't need to uh, feed them too much fish. Mm. So um, I don't know if you're aware of this fish-in, fish-out ratio. Mm. So to raise, to gain one uh, pound of uh, tuna, bluefin tuna weight, um, how many pounds of feed mm. uh, has to be um, consumed by the fish? And that's a fish-in, fish-out ratio. Um, and usually, uh, ranched bluefin tuna fish, to, for uh, their tuna to gain one pound of uh, meat, usually requires uh, 25 to 30 pounds. Mm. Whereas kindai tuna is less than half of that. Wow. And also, uh, um, kindai tuna, they use locally caught fresh fish mm. as feed. And they don't use, uh, they don't need to import uh, uh, anchovy or sardine caught in the other parts of the, uh, of the, of the mm. world and use uh, carbon foot, carbon, create carbon foot, footprint right. to import those and feed kindai tuna. They don't do that. Mm. And uh, they know uh, which uh, uh, fishing boat they bought from and they know where the uh, fishing boat caught those fish mm. that type of uh, sustain uh, traceability information is available mm-hmm. and never use uh, growth hormone or antibiotics right and so because it's a lab setting and it's more pure yeah. development and university certifies that for each uh, bluef- kindai bluefin tuna when mm. it's harvested wow yep. so that's exactly like wagyu beef <laughs> <laughs> instead of nose print <laughs> tuna should have a, I don't know eye print or something but. right and so now the kindai is commercially distributed yes Right. So, when did it start being distributed commercially? Um, two thousand three, two thousand four, Japan, mm-hmm. and two thousand six to the U.S. Okay. Right. So, um, so now, the, what's the price of kindai tuna? <laughs> um, it's all right. So, wholesalers um, cost um, compared to other uh, ranched bluefin tuna twenty uh, percent. About twenty percent higher. Mm, not so bad compared to beef. 
Wagyu that's, versus. Oh, that is true. Right. That's, that's so true. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how many kindai tuna is produced a year? No, uh, about 400, 500 heads. Mm. Um, and uh, um, that's for uh, Japanese market. And the kindai has two restaurants in Japan, so uh, ah. yeah, yeah. They, they use kindai tuna for their own restaurants, too. Really? So where is the restaurant? Uh, Tokyo and Osaka, and uh, kindai is trying to educate uh, Japanese consumers about bluefin tuna that way. Mm, yeah. Right. Even a little 20% premium, it's worth tasting. Yep. Right. How are they doing, the restaurants? Oh, great. A uh, line at the door. Still. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. When did they open? Um, the one in Osaka opened four years ago, uh, three years ago, uh, four, uh, I think four years ago. Mm. In Tokyo, two years ago. Really? I next time I go to Japan. Yeah, yeah, please let to. me know. I'll hook you up. <laughs> okay, please. Okay, so um, <laughs> let's take a quick break here. Okay. And when we come back, uh, we'll talk about uh, reactions of consumers to Kindai Tuna. So please stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Brooklyn Ball Factory, a Japanese eatery and coffee shop located at 95 Montrose Avenue in East Williamsburg. Behind its large steel doors, Brooklyn Ball Factory is brewing up some of the city's best tea and coffee. Grab a pour-over, matcha latte, or yuzu ginger mint tea. For lunch, Brooklyn Ball Factory offers sandwiches and curries. Or think inside the box and order one of their bentos like meatball, grilled veggies, or pork shabu-shabu. The meatballs, a favorite, are made with beef chuck roll and short rib in a sweet sour sauce of apples cooked in soy. And did we mention the roof deck? After your coffee and food have been prepared, climb the staircase behind the counter to find an oasis in the middle of Brooklyn. Visit Brooklyn Ball Factory at 95 Montrose Avenue in Williamsburg and check out their new location opening in Hell's Kitchen. Learn more at bkballfactory.com. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to Japan Eats, broadcasting live from a studio in Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm your host, Akiko Katayama, and my guest today is Tetsuya Nick Sakagami, Hi. who is the president of Gallant Inc., which is a sustainable tuna importer based in the U.S. Nick has been working closely with Kindai University, which is a pioneer of sustainably farmed bluefin called Kindai tuna. So, um, in what countries are Kindai tuna distributed outside Japan right now? Oh, right now, Japan, U.S., and, and uh, Korea a little bit. South Korea, not North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> that was scary. Right. Um, okay, so how many Kindai tuna are distributed uh, in the U.S.? Um, this year, maybe 15 to 20 pieces. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry, not this year, last year. Okay. Right. Right. So, and the per fish, how, how big is uh Fish. 200 pounds. Okay. So, and then uh, where do you distribute restaurants or retail stores? For um, to uh, uh, restaurants, um, should I drop the name? or? Uh, sure. So, in New York area, Del Posto, uh, Morimoto, and uh, Morimoto in Napa. Mm. Uh, they just have um, op- grand opening in Las Vegas Hotel, mm. and they had Kindai Tuna there. And uh, Wegmans. Okay. Um, they use... Um, they have an event called Sushi Fest, and they had Kindai Tuna uh, cutting event 
Mm. So. Right. But interesting that it's not just Japanese restaurant, the Del Posto, yeah. the four star <laughs> Italian restaurant. Yeah. Right. So, and uh, what, it, what are the reactions of chefs oh, and great. consumers? Yes, um, for a, a, a product that is so pricey as it is, as Kindai Tuna is, no matter how good of the, um, the background story is or pro- product philosophy may be, the f- fish has to taste great. Mm. Otherwise, it will, belong, it will not go outside of the lab. Mm. So, yes, uh, chefs are, um, there are some loyal chefs out there, um, um, and uh, they continue to uh, use Kindai tuna. Mm. Do you know uh, what kind of dishes it turned out to be? Um, at Del Posto, I remember uh, they're having tuna uh, crudo, tuna steak. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the best tuna steak I ever had. And, um, and uh, <laughs> they were using tuna, uh, bluefin tuna, kindai tuna for uh, pasta sauce. Mm. Wow. It's not, not meat sauce, but uh, s- uh, flaked uh, mm-hmm. kindai tuna, cooked kindai tuna mm. with... Um, I guess some kind of red wine. Okay. And, and that was great too. Mm. So, because that uh, enhances the mummy and make the most of rather than just chunky meat, yes. the whole sauces. Yes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, the consumers do, uh, do you know the reaction of consumers to? Um, yes. And of course, those uh, who can afford Kindai Tuna. Uh, often they are the ones who are uh, uh, who are available, uh, uh, aware of bluefin tuna situation. So I, I think that, um, and also those are the ones who are uh, who, um, have tried uh, wild bluefin tuna before and runs the bluefin tuna. So they have something to compare to, mm. and then oh they they said oh this is great. Um, it's not too uh, rich or too oily mm. but uh, it has a very refreshing lingering taste and uh, mm. interesting because this whole problem came from I think partly from sushi eating people go crazy but yeah. now people mature the palate is matured mm. because of a lot of eating sushi yeah. so they can uh, discern the difference yeah. interesting yeah. Right. and uh, so do you think uh, the supply of kinder tuna can keep increasing or there's a limit um, f- farm raising bluefin tuna requires large um, water space, mm. and uh, uh, it's not like um, farm raising uh, two pounds of fish mm. or four pounds of fish. So it, it will it will have a limit, mm. and um, it will it will have a limit. Right, and I, but I heard there is a Japanese company called Toyota Tsusho. Mm-hmm. They started to commercially develop kindai tuna, yes. so it's more like maybe the next step in terms of a production. Um, yes, I think that has been the next step, and uh, of course, kindai university can only have so many uh, farming pens. Now mm. the Toyota Toyota mm. uh, Show is involved, and uh, kindai researchers they have been teaching how to raise kindai tuna mm. correctly without uh, use of uh, drugs, right. and uh, they have been doing well but still uh, just because it's a private company can that does not mean that they can have 100 farming fish farming pen for mm. those giant fish that will have a um, negative impact to uh, the, farm, fi- the fish farming area mm, right. bottom, bottom of the, of the ocean so. Mm, right so that's a reversing effect yes. right. but I heard that right now you said a 2000 
tuna a year. That's a production. Kindai produces 400, 500, maybe uh, including Toyota Tsusho. Maybe they're trying to be like. Okay. Right. And I read an article about they're targeting 6,000 by 2020 Mm. in three years. That's a very ambitious number. And that could be a dangerous thing for the environment. Yeah. Right. Okay. And uh, are there any other institutions or enterprises that grow bluefin tuna? Like Kindai? Um, farm raising, meaning that uh, raising from eggs? No. Okay, so that's still the Kindai is a yeah. pioneer and the only. Yeah. And then the, the, uh, giving credit to Toyota, they they don't have just one location. They will ha- have multiple farming locations. So the uh, impact, negative, possible ne- negative impact to the uh, environment mm-hmm. will be lessened because it will be, uh, fish farm will be separated, not mm-hmm. one close area. Right. So small ones uh, all over, hopefully, the world, and then you don't have to uh, keep taking, catching all those so, wild tuna, uh, hopefully. Right. Okay. And uh, so the Kindai or any other institution working on farming other types of fish? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, most of the uh, sushi fish in, used in Japan, mm. uh, such as hamachi, uh, yellowtail madai, red mm. snapper, uh, shimaji, jack mackerel, um, kampachi, mm. amberjack, those are uh, um, um, originally developed by Kindai University, mm. juveniles, uh, 34 years ago. Right. So uh, Kindai is still a uh, leading producer of the uh, juveniles for those species. Mm. They raise uh, species, uh, juveniles, and then um, move them to uh, fish farms in Japan. Okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, obviously they're easier than yes. moving to that. Yes. Right. Okay. So that's a kind of silver lining in a way because it's natural and preserving. Yes. Right. Well, that's great. So, um, but supplying more tuna to the market doesn't sound like ultimate solution. So, what do you think is uh, about the issue of overfishing tuna and other species? Well, this is a very big and profound question <laughs> to answer in a short period of time. But uh, there are a few things that we can do for sure. One is to uh, reduce illegal fishing. Mm. Um, there was a uh, there was one year that Croatia they they just say issue, government issued 300 metric tons of uh, bluefin tuna catching mm-hmm. permit, but that year in Japan they have 600 metric tons of uh, bluefin tuna from Croatia mm. doubled, right? Right, fifty fifty illegal. So uh, Japan Japanese government started taking st- uh, strict. Um, um, guidelines and applications so it's, it's been re- less mm-hmm. I think that's one of the major reasons why uh, uh, bluefin tuna and Mediterranean populations are coming back mm-hmm. but anyway so illegal um, fishing we got to stop that and also um, somehow control fishing in high seas mm-hmm. um, fish especially giant fish um, like tuna they don't stay in the local ocean they don't ju- they don't stay in in um, um, Mora Bay, mm. uh, they swim from uh, uh, Gulf of Mexico uh, up to uh, 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 
uh, Portland, and they go to some go to Japan, some goes to um, or mm. uh, Gulf of Mexico to Atlantic to uh, uh, Mediterranean Sea. Right. So even if you if one country try to um, control, uh, reduce, uh, um, put a limit on catching, mm. all right. So these five thousand tuna um, pass that the country, but next country has nothing, mm. then it is the worthless effort. Mm. And high seas is the uh, place where um, tuna is ca- uh, being caught left and right. And high technology, uh, they have a, a spotter airplane mm. um, f- looking for school of fish. Mm. And uh, technology is, is um, overpowering the reproductive speed of uh, tuna and other uh, uh, ocean species. And then those are the ones uh, called persaner method. The fish tuna is caught um, by a method called persaner, like females purse, purse. Mm. Uh, here's the uh, loose mouth, and then you pull the, the strings. That's how they do. Mm. Big net, uh, cover entire school of fish, right. and pull, pull. Get the yeah. whole thing, yeah. right. And you, can, you use your uh, airplane. Mm. So, and that's pretty much no control. Right. And uh, according to a data by FFO, uh, FAO, the Food Division of the United Nations, um, the per-center uh, tuna caught by that method globally, um, two-thirds, 60-something percent, mm. almost 70 percent responsible um, per-center method is responsible for that ma- amount. Mm. So tuna people, I mean, I'm sorry, sushi people, uh, like my industry, it's called long liner, mm. uh, miles long uh, rope, and every uh, few feet you have a hook, mm. and you co- you control what you catch by the size of the bait and the depth of mm. the bait to be placed. If small fish, if you give um, if you hook uh, use the uh, two pound fish as a bait, the small fish or a tuna before um, before reproduced mm. too small. I mean, those bait are too big for them to eat. Right. Right? And those fish, uh, bigger the fish, lower the, uh, mm. the depth their right. habitats are. So those are only uh, responsible for 18% of global tuna catch, according to FAO. Mm. So even uh, the scientists who wrote the uh, report said um, putting a high restriction on longliner fishery doesn't really do much because the tuna didn't get caught by longliner, will be caught by persinner in high mm, seas. Right. So that's um, something that uh, not many people, even in the seafood industry, is mm. aware of. Right. But there's no restriction? No, there's some, but um, mm. no one can control or observe Mm. The high seas. Right. There's no kill treaty version of tuna. No. Oh, uh, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but seriously. Yeah. Everybody's eating fish um, now, so. Yeah. Mm. Maybe it's something yeah. <laughs> we should talk about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway. Mm, anyway. But how long does it take for the tuna to grow, like 200 pounds? Uh, well, um, 200 pounds, maybe four or five years, but uh, uh, three years to mm. be a mature fish. Okay. That's the beautiful thing about tuna, unlike uh, um, Chilean sea bass. Mm. Chilean sea bass takes eight years, nine years. Right. But the tuna, that's a fast um, maturing fish. So. Mm, but still, mm. it's not as quick as sardine or something like right. that. Um, and going back to what, what I, I was saying, um, I have been educating the uh, uh, longliner fle- tuna fleet crew to uh, maintain the quality of fish better. Mm. Um, 
so that、uh, they can get、uh, more、uh, money out of each fishing trip.、Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, they say they have to have 100 tuna caught for each trip to make、uh, financial sense for their fishing trip.、Mm-hmm. Right? If they can、um, preserve the quality of tuna better and they get、uh, more return for each fish, maybe half of that,、uh, if they catch. It's, it's,、uh, it's not realistic, but if they only catch 50, piece,、uh, 50 pieces of tuna and they get more return, higher return、mm. than before, then、right. they might be able to catch less.、Mm. That's one thing. And also,、um, us, the、uh, consumers, if we started paying、uh, more for uh, uh, sustainability, sustain, sustainably caught tuna,、mm. uh, paying more, give them a pre- premium, and that Goes back to the fishermen,、mm. then they don't need to, they may be,、uh, they, may, they just have to catch 70%, 80% of tuna they have、mm-hmm. been catching. So that's,、uh, those are、um, the things that I think realistic、um, mm-hmm. to、um, reduce right, right. the speed of the. Because I think consumers' minds started to be like that, paying、yeah. more for farmers' market、yeah. to support、yeah. farms and, and organic food.、Mm-hmm. And I think it's more long term. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, that, wh- what you just said is only applicable to the country with、uh, matured,、mm-hmm. uh, with high cultural maturity.、Right. If you go to、um, the country where、um, not, not many people have cell phones, then it's a matter of survival. Right.、Um, or you know, in between. <laughs> right. But well,、um, ironically, you know, those people who. Illegally catch tuna,、mm-hmm. export to all those, you know, matured minded people. This、yeah. <laughs> is a market for them. So there's、yeah. something wrong going on right、yeah. now. Right. But、um, what do you suggest to consumers or chefs to preserve this existing ecosystem of、uh, the ocean? Because, you know, you might know some alternatives because you've been in the business for such a long time.、So. Um, my grandparents used to say,、uh, Shun no sakana o tabero.、Mm. And shun means season and sakana fish.、Mm. And uh, um, each fish has its own peak season for us to consume.、Mm. And uh,、um, like, uh, I guess this area,、uh, Atlantic Ocean, black sea bass is one of my favorite fish. And、um, black sea bass is in season,、um, prime season. Let's say、um, winter season.、Mm. And uh, leave, uh, eat black sea bass when it's tasty. And when it's not that tasty, eat something else.、Mm. Like pike mackerel, sanma.、Um, uh, uh, in Japan, fall is a season.、Right. And everybody eats、um, pike mackerel, sanma.、Mm-hmm. It tastes great. It's fatty、right. and oily. And, and then because they catch so much, Prices are dirt cheap too.、Mm-hmm. Um, so, everybody can eat that. So, I, I would recommend、uh, people in seafood industry and chefs and consumers to identi- and identify what, which fish is、uh, in peak season for us to consume、mm. and then do that and then move on to next fish next month or、right. next season. Interesting because I, what if I go to a farmer's market?、Mm. That's the only time I know t h a t s in season,、ah, but not、yeah. in a supermarket. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's not easy for fish, right? Because、mm. <laughs> there's no fish、yeah. market like that. Yeah. Unless you are、yeah. really specialized in that. That is true. That is true. 
and fish farm, um, salmon is great uh, uh, industry because um, um, the industry has been regulated well, and mm. uh, for in, in terms of in terms of sustainability and food safety, and um, so. But the farm raised seas, farm raised seafood, is available all year all year round, mm. and there, of course, for. Uh, uh, a fish owner, uh, a, f- a fish owner like me, mm-hmm. uh, there's a good time and bad time for uh, farm-raised fish too, of course. Right. But in, in to uh, most of us, most of us, um, all year round, good quality mm-hmm. fish. And uh, and I th- I think that uh, more fish gonna have to be farm-raised, mm-hmm. um, like salmon, right. and prices uh, stabilized mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, food service people and the consumers are, are familiar with it, and and they have so many different ways to cook uh, the fish. Mm. Um, but um, um, it's it's hard to know the season unless right. the industry people put it out there, mm-hmm. or consumers know. Um, right. Yeah. So we have to balance between the two, and also farming, and uh, yeah. you know. Messing up uh, with like the, the ecological environment, mm. some other thing, and it's a very complicated mm. issue. But I wanted to ask you: so you you are also the only certified seafood master uh, called Osakana Maista by Tsukiji Fish Market in Japan, yep. and you uh, who resides outside Japan. Yep. So, what is that certification? Well, uh, it's Osakana Maista fish fish master. Um, is a very unique um, organization and certification that um, uh, my my class was uh, made up about 20 people mm. and uh, somebody was a CEO of a major seafood processing company of Japan mm. um, in Japan and uh, some are just uh, some are just a um, housewife but whose parents used to um, own the fish market mm. and uh, she was Pissed that uh, she can't have, she can't find good fish nowadays at reasonable price. So, and she has some time to study, and uh, she wanted to become Osakana Meister, mm. and uh, wanted to learn more about it, and then share the knowledge to a younger younger generation. Mm. And uh, some people, uh, um, well, anyways, young, old, female, male, uh, different um, um, organ um, inter organizational status mm. but uh, they're all sitting on the same level and discuss and and under the same um, mission or same desire passion to uh, preserve and and uh, preserve and pass pass on the uh, food Japanese food uh, seafood eating culture mm. to the next generation right so the um, the classes you take this about teaching you how to preserve um, the resources. Um, oh, it, it covers a wide range of uh, range of areas, uh, global seafood consumption to uh, political issues in se- uh, surrounding seafood, um, to uh, old f- old school seafood uh, preservation methods, mm. which s- some of them are not even um, cannot be explained by modern science. Xayatoka. Mm. Like, um, mm. um, to uh, crustacean and uh, of course the fun, one uh, fun, one of the uh, most memorable classes that I 
I can tell you is that um, there's 17 different white meat fish、mm-hmm. fillet. Okay. okay? And、uh, wild and farm raised.、Mm. So we have to taste it and then <laughs> tell which, which one is what.、Wow. And、uh, white meat fish, they look, they look like white meat fish fillet, right?、Mm. Um, I didn't get it right. I think I got four, four, some, four wrong. One guy was、uh, missing one, and、uh, the old lady, she, she did great. She, I think she missed just、uh, three or something.、Mm. Um, But、um, it, was, it was interesting. Right. And well, I have to say that, you know, say, I, when I went to one of those biggest supermarkets, I don't know if I want to say the name, but, you know, if you go to the fresh fish section,、mm-hmm. the same fish is kind of, you know, like lighter color. And then you go to the sushi section,、yeah. it's like bright orange.、Yeah. So there's something going on. Of course,、yeah. it's kind of like painted.、Yeah. So that's another issue. Yeah, we can talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, so that Osakana Maista,、uh, the certification, sounds great. I think maybe there should be an international division. Yeah, they,、uh, they're talking about it. And、uh, I'm the only one who uh, resides uh, uh, outside of Japan.、Mm. And、uh, I'm number 109 and in Japan, maybe、uh, 400 something. Right. Yeah,、Maista. I checked actually.、Uh, so there, it's, it's, it's been. Since it was found, it's been 10 years, and then there are only 388 people. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's it. Okay. So you're the elite <laughs>、oh, <yeah. laughs> fish industry. Right. So, well, that'd yeah, be yeah, great. Yeah. So, hopefully, they're going to start international yeah. Yeah. division. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, hopefully, you can come back and talk more about this important issue of Sounds great. fish. All right. So, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Okay. So, listeners, if you'd like to know more about、uh, Kindai Tuna and Nick's projects, please visit、uh, Galant、uh, Inc.net. That is G A L L A N T Inc.net. And if you have any questions or comments about the show or suggestions for guests or topics of the show, please contact us at Japanese at Heritage Radio Network.org. And Japanese is live at 3 p.m. on Mondays, always available at Heritage Radio Network.org, iTunes, and Stitcher podcasts. And、uh, please go to iTunes and Stitcher and write a review.、Uh, we really appreciate your feedback. And today's show was made possible by Brooklyn Bowl Factory and our engineer is David Tasseore. And thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.